Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind MAPCO at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542. 6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. For every veteran, there is a story. A story about a calling to serve, to fight for the freedoms of the American people. And every story has a struggle, a sacrifice, and invisible wounds. Warrior Watts programs help veterans recover from PTSD and invisible wounds through exercise, nutrition, and connecting with other veteran leaders. It is estimated that 22 veterans die each day by suicide and another 30 veterans die each day by substance abuse. These are preventable deaths. Warrior Watt is committed to fighting PTSD through fitness, nutrition, and community. opportunity to support our heroes in their time of need. Will you join us and take action? All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Mr. Hutchman. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you are a veteran, first responder, 
or Gold Star family. We would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to our Thursday after dinner show. Adam Baum, thank you for a great intro to the show. And of course, introducing our guest. You did fine with the pronunciation and you had a great show tonight. Thanks for leading in for us tonight and have a safe ride home from the studio. With that said, welcome everyone else to the show. And our next guest is doing amazing things in the world. She's an advanced certified deep dive coach and board certified OBGYN physician. She's the host of the popular podcast, Weight Loss for the Unstoppable Moms, and founder of the Unstoppable Mom Brain, in which she has an intimate group coaching program for working moms who want to reach your ideal weight and live a lighter life. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Priyanka Vanugapal to the Misfit Nation. Hi, it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. We read your profile, so we got to have her come on here and, and teach Teach some of our fairer, uh, our fairer audience people how to be better with their lives and, and maybe have their husbands show them some trips and tricks that they learn from you as well. Absolutely. I love it. And I love what you're doing. I think that the idea of sharing stories and messages with anyone that wants to grow and change is awesome. So I love it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, Priyanka, I gave a little tidbit about you right there, basically two sentences. If you'd mm-hmm. like to provide more about you from as far back as you want to go to how we got to where we're where we are now and all the great stuff you're doing now, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So a little bit about me. I am a board certified OBGYN physician. And up until a few years ago, I weighed a little bit over 200 pounds. And I had one of those, I like to call it good on paper lives. Like if you looked on paper or if you were from the outside peeping in the window, you would see a, a fairly content human with a job that I truly loved and and a supportive family. But I think like many high achievers and many working moms, I felt like something just was missing. Like somehow I wasn't, I had this, I had worked really hard for a very long time and yet I wasn't feeling fully fulfilled. And I was feeling very frustrated that I didn't feel comfortable in my own body. And even as a physician who understands the science of how our bodies work, and I understood the science of weight loss, I think that there was so much that I didn't understand about my mind. And I think the way that we think about food, the way that we think about how we treat ourselves, and that was really where a lot of my own personal self-growth started, was me deciding that I did not want to live a good on paper life anymore. And I had to overcome a lot of, I think, personal obstacles, because who was I to challenge this, this 
barely, the seemingly good life. Who was I to challenge that? I had worked really hard to become a physician. Who was I to challenge that? And I think that actually a lot of that work was me being willing to challenge what the quote unquote normal was to embark on something totally different. And then back in 2020, I decided to become an entrepreneur. And that was when I founded the Unstoppable Mom Brain, really to help other working moms and high achievers achieve more of what they want, to feel better in their bodies, of course, to lose weight. And that has been the ride that I have been on since 2020. Nice. I'm sure it's been a fascinating ride too. Mm -hmm. with your show with the, the group coaching, individual coaching, mm -hmm. and everything, and still being a board certified OBGYN as well at the yeah. same time. It's keeping the hectic life while still living a, a lighter life, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I, for a long time, used to think that if I just did more or if I just did it better, if I did it more perfectly, then maybe I would feel better. Maybe then I wouldn't feel so stressed or overwhelmed or frustrated with the 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 issues that I was having with my kids, with my partner, with, with my work. And it wasn't very, it, it, it was something that I kept running up against. I think that a lot of high achievers feel like they have to do more to achieve more. And that was probably one of my biggest mistakes was I had my, my high achiever hat on. We're very productivity addicted. We feel a lot better when we are doing a lot. And I think that I thought that I could muscle my way to feeling better and muscle my way to losing the weight. And I think what I had to learn was it wasn't at all about doing more. It was actually about doing less, but doing less better. And that I think was the part that really blew my mind with feeling better in my body, with losing over 60 pounds, and then absolutely transitioning from being a physician to becoming a full-time entrepreneur. Lesson learned for you right there. So that's outstanding. I'm reading a book right now. Uh, it's called Clockwork or Clock, working the clock with uh, Michael Mekowicz. They talk about the same thing, working more on you and not working so hard on the business, working more to have a more fulfilled life, to do just enough to make the business stay afloat and, and be uh, an entrepreneurial success while you also are able to enjoy life. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, that you've, you've learned a lesson on your own, working, working your way up. for the last three years after working hard to become it. Yeah, I think I lost you for a second, sorry. There we are. Still there? Yes, can you hear me? Okay. Hi. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. So I'm glad, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that like some of the biggest obstacles that I, over, I really had to overcome, I think this is the biggest one for high achievers is we don't always identify as being a perfectionist. Like I know for me, I even, you know, I was, I, I was that kid that would like shoot her hand up and want to answer the right answer and, and get the, the proverbial and literal pat on the head. That was where I really got a lot of my sense of value and worth was external sources of validation. And I think that the biggest the, the biggest struggle that the high achiever might have is that there, I, I like to think of this as the hidden definition of perfectionism is hidden perfectionists hate making mistakes. So you know you're a perfectionist not only if you like to do well and get the gold star, which we love, but if you are someone that wants to avoid mistakes at all costs, or if you are someone that makes a mistake and then you berate yourself and then you micro quit and then you give up on yourself, to me, that's the hidden definition of being a perfectionist. And if you don't know how to identify 
those qualities in you, then it's really hard to overcome. You're going to hit a barrier after you're, every time you hit a barrier, you're going to go down. I, it's almost like this negative spiral of micro quit and disbelief. And I'm, I'm, I'm never going to achieve this. And I think that that is the, the biggest piece for the high achiever to learn that there are ways of overcoming that. So I think that that was for me, my own journey. And that's now what I what help my clients do in the unstoppable group. Awesome. And when you approach them with uh, living lighter, how do they accept that? And how do you explain that to them? You know, I think that living lighter is, it's really what, you, what it's so, so personal for each person. For, for some people, I think that living lighter really is just physically living lighter, physically feeling better and lighter in their body, not feeling uncomfortable in the skin that they're living in. For some people, it is just a physical, like feeling, feeling lighter physically. I would say for most of my clients, for most working moms, part of the reason that they feel heavy in their body is because they're trying to outpace and outrun and distract from the heaviness they feel in their mind. And that, you know, when we think about what, what created a heavy body to begin with, what created us ever not feeling comfortable in our own skin, it started with something in your mind. You started feeling a certain way, which drove you to overeat or overdrink or, you know, overwork, over scroll, over anything. You can over add whatever verb you want. And that's what's created a sense of heaviness in our life. And I think for many of my clients, it's heaviness in our bodies, heaviness in our work life as moms. And I think that for me, the way that I really like to approach it is a two-pronged approach. So one is the strategy. What are we actually going to do step by step to resolve how you physically feel in your body? I think that that is something that you can see a quick turnaround very quickly within a matter of weeks when you know exactly what to focus on. But then I think that there's this like secret thing that we do in the background, which is working on your mindset. And I think sometimes it's really hard to understand what that means before you are in it. It's like you just need to jump in and get coached and understand where some of the heaviness is coming from in your mind to actually start to feel better, which to me is such a win. Definitely is. Once once you understand that, and like you said, on the individual level, it's easier to, to if you do a group thing, you're not going to get everyone, but if each individual, you can work individually with them and understand what makes them tick and what made them hit those walls. It, it's easier for you to work through that as a team, you and them, to get through those situations and those those uh, micro issues or major issues that they might have been having. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I used to only do one-on-one -on -one coaching for, for quite a while, and I decided to make my coaching experience an intimate small group for two reasons. One is I found with my one-on-one -on -one clients that often when we are hitting obstacles or when we think something is going wrong, we feel very alone in the challenge. We feel like we're the only one that's struggling with that particular issue. Specifically, high-achieving working moms are very used to believing that they're the only ones that are struggling with something. And being in an intimate group container, what was amazing is you start to get validated. Like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one with a crazy kid. I'm not the only one that yelled, um, you know, at, at her child or got into a fight with her spouse or had this big obstacle come up in my, my team leader role. Right. So this is something that's, that's beautiful about being in an intimate group is you get validation. You're not alone in the struggle. Even high achievers, even smart people have a lot of challenges and they're going to mess up. And I think the other value of being in an intimate group is, you might get coached on something, but you 
there are so many other things that you would never think to get coached on. And when you experience somebody else being coached, you're like, oh, that changed the time and place. And that is so me too. So you get to benefit from, I think, all of the brains in the room when you're in an intimate small group. Definitely get to tap into multiple resources, mm -hmm. multiple tools right there. Like you said, you have yeah. the aha moments. Oh, I didn't know that oh, yeah. someone else had the same issue I had. I'm not unique. Yeah. I'm, not the, I'm not a unicorn in the corner here. Absolutely. I actually just had this happen. I, again, I coach working moms and one of my clients was talking about, she had an argument with her husband. It was a big argument and how she was like still seething about the argument. It was like three days later and she's still like, it's, she's mulling over it. She's ruminating over it. And she was, we were coaching through that obstacle. And it was so fascinating. I had another client message me later saying, I have not had that kind of an argument with my husband in so long, but I can so see how that could have been me. And just experiencing the coaching of what somebody else was getting, she was able to walk away with so much insight into her own relationship before, before the fight has ever even happened, which to me is just like you get ahead of obstacles that you haven't even encountered yet. Definitely. And you said working moms. What makes working moms unique? You know, I think about working moms as not necessarily the traditional definition of a working mom. So if you identify, this is the way you get to decide if you're a working mom. This is not a definition I come up with. This is if you identify as a working mom, you're a working mom. The way that I identify working moms is someone that feels like they have two full-time jobs. They have the job of caring for their kids and their family and they also have this added responsibility out of the house where they are navigating complex work relationships with colleagues, bosses, team leaders, coworkers. And I think of it as almost like having a, it's like a work family. You know, when you're trying to navigate two ecosystems, the ecosystem of your home and the ecosystem of work. And I find that the working mom there, there's something very special and unique about her because she wants to thrive in both. And I think often she feels like she needs to do more, again, going back to doing more and being more and being better in both areas. And somewhere along the way, I think a lot of women have learned the lesson that that means that they have to undermine their personal goals, that maybe their personal desires, their body goals, their, their inner dreams need to take a back step in lieu of, you know, the, the family dynamic and the work dynamic. So to me, a working mom is someone that identifies as having these two ecosystems that they're navigating and they kind of feel caught in the middle and maybe even pushed down. And so what I do with my clients is help them see that when they are feeling better, when they're feeling more powerful and unstoppable, then not surprisingly, their ecosystems at home and work start thriving so much more when they're prioritized, which to me is just the best. Definitely is. And I like, I, I like your definition there and, and how you, your whole approach to this is awesome because being a mom yourself, it helps you to have some, uh, I guess, skin in the game when you get into the, oh, yeah. into the groups instead of someone that's saying, you should do this because I read this book about it. You don't need to read the book because yeah. you are in the book every day with your children. Absolutely. I mean, I think that this is, and this is, I think, part of my my personality in the Unstoppable Mom Brain and on my podcast and on Instagram is I do a lot of storytelling. I share a lot of my personal story, not as an example of like, like putting myself on a pedestal, but like I share all of my mom fails and I share all of my moments that I have learned from. And the only reason that I can do that, the only reason that I can share what I have learned from every mom fail, and I have had many, 
is because I've never allowed mom fails ever to slow me down from becoming a better mom. I will never allow one bad moment or one, one moment of me maybe having an imperfect moment with my kid to ever let me believe that I'm a bad mom. And I used to do that. I think that that's, that's the, the, the biggest lesson for me is I used to do that. When I would see my kid acting up or if I had that imperfect moment, I used to be like, oh, there I go again. I, I'm probably, do, it must be me. I must be doing something wrong. I, you know, I'm failing at this. And I used to feel so much guilt and shame and embarrassment. And that was what actually kept me stunted. It's what kept me disconnected from my son. It, kept, it really made me play small. And I think the biggest work that I did as a coach was, I mean, not only lose the 60 pounds, but was really changed my relationship with my son, who was, he was only three and four at the time. He was really little, but for me to change my mom brain effectively, how I identify as being an imperfect human who has big dreams. And that means it's going to be full of failure. And so I love to share stories of real life mom, working mom moments. And I think that my audience really benefits from that. Well, I'm sure they do. And understanding that we're none of us are perfect. Every day you're gonna have you're gonna have those moments during the day where you fall down, where you mm -hmm. don't achieve everything you want to do at that time, where everything that you're doing is not working with your child, or your child is just not doing anything you want them to do. It doesn't exactly. make you failure; it just makes you <laughs> makes you stronger and resilient to get through that moment and win the next thing at the next phase of that day and become successful mm -hmm. in everything else you're doing. Oh, so, and I, I mean, this reminds me so much. I remember when my son was three, three and a half, and this is when I was, I really felt challenged by him and his behavior. I used to have the thought, like, what am I doing wrong? I think this is such a common thought that parents have when their kid is acting up. What am I doing wrong? And it's so fascinating how I used to turn his behavior into a me problem. I made it all about me rather than like, you know, he's having a behavioral issue or maybe he's struggling with something rather than me focusing on him and connecting with him and figuring out, I wonder what's going on for him. I was focusing on me, right? It was so interesting. I, I spent so much time doing, I must like, what am I doing wrong rather than just connecting with him? And it's so fascinating how small little pivots in our mind, small perspective shifts, which is what coaching is. It's it's new perspectives, small 1% shifts that will change the trajectory of your whole life. If you start just thinking 1% differently than you did yesterday and you go down that road for the next 50 years, you're going to be in a totally different place. So that's what I'm all about. Yeah. And how long did it take you to realize it was clear? It was a clear turn for you to start making yourself the it's not your, it's not all about you. It's about the whole problem and to make things better. Yeah. I would say that, you know, it happened in layers. I was not, I was not even aware of what coaching was. I mean, as of 2019, that was when I weighed my heaviest. I was a little over 200 pounds. My daughter had just turned like six or seven months and I was really, I was driving to the office. If you're a working mom, if you've been pumping while driving, that was me. And I felt so frustrated. Like what is happening in my life? And that was when I stumbled onto a podcast. Actually, I stumbled onto a podcast and it was a, it was, they were talking about coaching and mindset and weight loss. And I was like, what is this? This sounds crazy, but it also sounds interesting. So I, I just went down the rabbit hole listening to this podcast. And I want to say within, within a week, I felt like a flip had been switched in my mind. And the flip, I mean, the switch was really like, there's something better possible for me. That's what, so the first week I want to say the switch was, there's something better possible for me. And I would say probably within 
one or two months of just listening to this podcast and diving into believing in myself more that something more was possible for me, I just started feeling better just in believing that more was possible. And then I would say from that point, maybe I, I got started getting coached. I invested in coaching. And within about six months, I started feeling so much better as a mom. I started implementing some coaching tools. I started losing a lot of weight within the first six months. And I mean, I would say that that was probably the beginning, but it, one week just for me to know something better was possible. And then the rest is just day by day. <laughs> it becomes yeah. history at that point in the, yeah. once it became a habit for you, I guess, after they say 21 days becomes a habit. And mm -hmm. seeing that all the good things that are happening for you at that time, I'm mm -hmm. sure you just kept saying, looking in the mirror in the morning, say, this is actually working. This is great. I'm going to keep moving forward and doing this. Absolutely. And I think what was fun, funny about this was, you know, because investing in coaching is not always a small affair. It can be, you know, an investment. It, it's it's an expenditure of money that maybe you're not. I know I was not ever used to spending money on myself in that way. Until, I mean, I spent money on college and medical school, but, you know, in my mind, those seem to be more like socially acceptable and appropriate. But coaching is like, I don't even know what that is. I remember my husband was like, what are you even doing? What is that? And he, but at the same time, he was also very supportive. I think he saw after I, I was listening to this podcast for a while and he just saw a little flicker of something. He saw something change in me. And I think he was like, well, whatever, I mean, you do you like, you know, you're, you're working, like you're working, you do, you want to invest in yourself, like go for it, which I feel so grateful that I have such a supportive partner. And I want to tell you a year later, maybe it was a year and a half later, he said to me, oh, and again, this is like, he doesn't even really know what coaching is even a year into it. He, he had said, whatever that coaching thing that you did was changed our whole family. It has wow. changed our children. It has changed their generation. I, and he like had no words to describe the impact of how it's influenced our whole family. Cause it's a ripple effect. When one person changes in a family, it's like, you know, the ecosystem, when one piece of the ecosystem change yes. changes, the whole ecosystem changes around it. And that's the beauty of being a working mom. You get to change ecosystems wherever you go. And you're in control in the house too. So that helps mm -hmm. out too. That, that ecosystem is your ecosystem to stir that's right. and make it make things work. So if you're doing well, everyone's going to do well. If you're having Absolutely. those bad days, feeling down, like when you were, I can't believe you were over 200 pounds just looking at you, but like mm -hmm. deep, but. I'm sure you were very, you were angry when you were that big and that yeah. everyone else down. And then, like you said earlier, you was a you problem, not your child's mm -hmm. problem. It was all about you. And then it's mm -hmm. flipped to, it's an our problem or it's me. I, I fixed this. Mm -hmm. Now I'm fixing this too. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I was at my heaviest, when, you know, before I really understood the power that I had just in me changing a few small things, I used to blame my ecosystem. So like, forget me changing it. I used to just blame it. I used to be like, it's my husband's fault. My husband, who's like a very naturally thin person, he would eat like three dinners. He would come back out. You know, the kids are in bed, kitchen's cleaned up. I've, we've already eaten dinner. He's coming out with the cheese, the crackers, the glass of wine, bottle of wine. He's like, oh, hey, you want some cheese and crackers? And like, for me, all I wanted to do is like, connect with my husband. We've had this long day. And so we would connect over cheese crackers and Netflix. Right. So I would blame him. I'm like, how dare he bring out the cheese and crackers? Doesn't he know that I'm like trying to lose weight? Doesn't he know? Or I would blame my kid, my three-year-old, for <laughs> acting up. I'm like, ah, like if only he could just behave better, then I could, you know, lose the weight. So I I had a lot of not victim mentality, but a lot of like I didn't understand how much more in control I could be because I was so focused on blaming. 
my environment, my time. Oh, my schedule. If I had a 2 a.m. delivery, I'm like, see, it's the 2 a.m. delivery. That's why the next day I'm eating all of the crap. Like, you know, so I think that that was a big piece to stop blaming my circumstances and instead focus on my perspectives about my circumstances. Definitely understand your perspective on what's going on. And that usually is a big tweak for anybody. Once they understand their environment, their, like you said, your ecosystem and the perspective of what they're seeing and their, and their situation, things get clearer and they can understand how to make it better or improve upon what they see and don't see that day. Right. So as you changed over from being full-time worker to an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. how hard was that shift? That's the hardest thing I've ever done. And I've had two kids. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to say like, so I think that, and, and I want to share why this is. So as a physician, I, I have always been, I still am very protocol driven, step by step. You do step A, you go to step B, you go to step C. Like when you follow the, the, the yellow brick road, there's a, the end. The end of the road is like, you know, the finish line. And I was very used to having that way of thinking in how I took exams, how I went through school, residency, and definitely as an attending and, and being in practice. And entrepreneur, like, the, like becoming an entrepreneur was me leaving like this treadmill where I knew what was at the end to this playground that has no rules like some of the equipment works, some of it doesn't. Who knows what you're getting yourself into? You might get on the swings and something might break and you better break out the wrench and the hammer and fix the swing. So I think becoming an entrepreneur was me understanding that there actually are no rules and it required that I be willing to experiment, be willing to get things wrong, which was very hard for me with my physician training. Like I was, I, I've, I, that's the thing I used to avoid at all costs. You don't want to get things wrong as a physician. Definitely when it comes to caring for your, your patient, that's like the last thing you do. But as an entrepreneur, you have to welcome failure. It's like, let's try this thing and let's see how it goes and let's fail. And then let's leverage what happened, figure it out and move on again. So I would say it was a very, very challenging, it still is a challenging transition, but I also think it has been the transition I'm the most grateful for to myself, it has been the most personal self-growth that I have had because I don't have the rules to lean on anymore. I just have me. And having to do that work, like, oh, I don't have this thing to lean on. I just have me. I better have my own back. And that to me is the best work I've done. <laughs> Ab absolutely. It's, it's the best. It's the hardest and the best. Hardest, I love it yes, and hate it. Yes. <laughs> and, like said, you, and you had two kids, which is, is no easy feat for those listening. Uh, yeah. I think it's easy. I guess you could get some simulator and try it, but I'm sure yeah. it's not hard. <laughs> so, yeah. But you, you made it through all that, and that's amazing. And now you're on this side of it. You're coaching people. You're making them better for themselves, having them, helping them to live a lighter life. What do you see yourself in five years? That's such a good question. <laughs> I feel like you know, my, my intention with creating the unstoppable mom brain was to create a, a, a community, an intimate little universe where working moms feel heard and seen and understood by someone that has not only experienced the working mom brain personally, but really understood the science and the health side. And of course, the mindset piece of understanding working moms. And my goal five years from now is for Unstoppable to have reached an audience where any working mom, if she wants to feel a little bit better, 
She just has to join Unstoppable in some way. Listen to the podcast, join me on Instagram, join my group where she knows if she plugs into this community, if she plugs into Unstoppable anywhere, that she will feel better. She will feel more powerful. And no matter what obstacles are coming her way, really, she feels unstoppable in navigating it. Whether or not she messes up, whether or not it goes perfectly, she can feel better in her experience of it. So that's my intention, really, for, for working moms to feel better navigating any of the curveballs that come their way. And there are many for the working mom. There definitely is. And, and the mom usually has more of the emotional link to the children than the dads. And dads will say, oh, you fell, get up. Mom wants to know why you fell and how they can help you get past it. Mm. Dad is usually just get up, come on, let's go get in the car. Don't get mom mad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's a little more added, added bonus there for moms and that side of it as well. Yeah. This has been great learning from you in the last 20 something minutes. How does someone get in contact with you if they want to have a chat like we are, have you on their show, or maybe even get on your show? Absolutely. So I am the Unstoppable Mom Brain everywhere on the internet. The Unstoppable Mom Brain podcast is really where I share a lot of stories, strategy, mindset for any working human, really. And the unstoppablemombrain.com is my website. And Instagram is a great way to connect with me. I do, again, a lot of storytelling and Instagram stories, and you can DM me. So if there's something that you want to ask me about or you have a question about or you want to connect, send me a DM on Instagram and we can connect that way. Uh, one of the people in the audience said they would ask about the, the weight loss part. But they'd feel funny doing that as they're eating a, a cannoli right now while, while we're chatting. Listen, hold on, hold on. I have to say, listen, I and we didn't get into this for the weight loss piece of it, but you can eat whatever you want, but the way you eat is what matters. Right. So I'm not a, I don't count calories. I don't count macros. I don't do points. I don't have an app or a tracker. It was the biggest mistake. I mean, and if, if you follow me on the Unstoppable Mama, you're going to hear a whole I have a whole, I can go on and on about counting points and calories and cutting out carbs. I think it creates such a perverted relationship with food. So I have a very different approach to weight loss that I think just changes our relationship with the way we eat. So you can eat a cannoli. It's not a problem, but it's the way that we eat the cannoli that can become a problem, right? So that is, I think, what I would leave you with. Outstanding. And Priyanka, if you could just give three quick tips for someone to get started to a better to live lighter as they go. Yeah. I would say the very first step is to stop having an action line filter and have a results focused filter instead. So what I mean by that is the high achiever is very focused on doing more. It's like throwing spaghetti at the wall. They want to work out six days a week and cut out all the carbs and count every point in calorie and macro. Instead of doing so much, focus, that's action, that's an action filter. Have a results filter. What specific measurable result do you want to see at the end of this week, put a time frame to it or this month or this year and work backwards to create that specific measurable result. What is the smallest thing you would have to do? What is one small thing you would have to start doing today and start just doing that one small thing? So I feel like that's a couple of things I'm sharing, but not having an action line filter, having a results focused filter. And then the second thing is only focusing on one small change at a time. And allow that one small change to compound. Expect that it's not going to go perfectly. You're going to have a Friday night effort moment. You're going to go off plan on the weekend and then get right back to it. You don't need a brand new fresh starts and a new planner. Just get right back to that one simple thing that you were doing. It's very impactful. 
Outstanding. That's wonderful. And uh, definitely, if you fall off the wagon, that's sort of one way people call it, just jump back in the next day. You, you'll be all right. Just, just don't let it happen multiple times. Yeah. And also knowing like, you know, get, falling off the wagon, you there is a strategy to get back on. I think the biggest mistake that the high achiever will make is they try to scrap everything to get back on the wagon. They have to start from scratch. And I want to encourage anyone that has ever fallen off the wagon with food, with alcohol, with any any area of your life, you don't have to start from scratch. Don't, in fact, don't start from scratch. You have years of wisdom in all of the times you have fought, like fallen and failed. If you didn't start from scratch, if you could glean wisdom from why you fall, why you fell, why you failed, and then get back on the bandwagon, you're so much more likely to stay on. I actually have a whole podcast episode on the five steps to getting back on the bandwagon. So go listen to that episode. Definitely go listen to that episode and learn more from uh Priyanka on the Unstoppable Mom Unstoppable Mom Brain podcast. Find it on the unstoppablemombrain.com backslash podcast. Thank you again for taking some of your time tonight to hang out with us, Priyanka. This has been a great chat. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Have a good one. Bye. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Did you serve in the military? If so, you can obtain a free lifetime pass to more than 2,000 federal recreation sites. These sites are located across more than 400 million acres of public lands, including national parks, wildlife refuges, and forests. The lands host activities to fit any lifestyle, hiking, biking, fishing, camping, and much more. Gold Star families are also eligible for these free lifetime passes. Plus, they cover entrance fees for a driver and all passengers in a car, or up to three additional adults at sites that charge per person. Obtaining one is easy. Just go to the National Park Service website, nps.gov, or the National Park Service app. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. That's themisfitnation.com. Check out all of our past episodes and get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation.